Hey everyone here and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. We're going through every single Metallica song. I think this is the first Metallica song and possibly the only Metallica song that we're tackling on the show that has a pun in the title. It is Man Unkind and you know as if we were going to forget it, as if it was going to pass us by. It's pretty gauche in my eyes. That goofy capitalized UN, that United Nations of unkind men. Today we are doing Man Unkind of Hardwired. Please follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, you want to discuss a song, um, we're pretty much booked up now until sort of April time. Not really got any gaps in there. Although we do have one gap for Mistress Dread of Lulu, which we'll record in the next five or six weeks. So if you want to come on a bit sooner than that. We've also got stuff like Pumping Blood, Purify, Rebel of Babylon, Remember Tomorrow, uh, the Ronnie Rising medley, um, Shoot Me Again. We've got, we've got some cool stuff opening towards the end of the year. So if you want to come on the show, get in touch with MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Patreon is there, patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica. You enjoy the show, you want to get back to the show, basically any episode that I do, like the Alpha Metallica episodes, top 10 countdowns, interviews, etc., all go on there first. iTunes also as well, if you want to leave a review, that would be very, very appreciated. And today I welcome a guest back. We discussed Fuel, I think, five or six months ago, and now in the depths of winter, he returns for Man Unkind. Sam, how's it going, sir? I'm doing pretty well, Tom. Um, it's been seven months, I believe, almost, actually. Is that right? Jesus, man. It yeah, it's like back in at the end of May. <laughs> it's just, uh, just so many. I mean, my, my, my Skype address book is just all these random Americans. So it was, it was good to sort of <laughs> go back and, uh, and be back in touch. So we discussed on Fuel your history of the band. So just give us a quick, you know, blow-by-blow blow bullet points. How did you get into Metallica? Yeah, um... So I got into Metallica from a racing game that I played when I was a kid on the PS1. Mm-hmm. Um, the song Fuel was on there. I was pretty much drawn in, and um, I listened to uh, the full Master of Puppets album a little bit after that, and I was just hooked since then. And this is off their, mo- their, their you know most recent album that Tom was recording is Hardwired, which is now... Yes somehow more than two years old i have no fucking idea how that crept up on us it sold like five million copies in that time as well um generally where do you rank hardwired um i would rank it somewhere uh fairly high actually okay um i i have the older albums towards the top and then then there's um uh i guess uh death magnetic and then uh followed by maybe like a load and then hardwired just somewhere in between give or take to get into the song then i mentioned the pun beforehand the title a lot of people on the forums and elsewhere have a bit of a problem with the title they think it's a bit lame for want of a better word what's your interpretation um i i mean it's it's a it's a unique title um Mm. to say um, cause I, it, you, you don't really see many titles from Metallica that have, um, just random capitalized letters in the no. middle of their titles. Um, so, yeah, if I describe it in one word, it'd be unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, certainly. It's, uh, the only song on the album, and I think the only song so far that has, uh, Mr. Rob Trujillo with a writing credit, and I'm pretty sure that is exclusively 
for the intro, which is a very interesting intro. It opens up with this bass yeah, motif. Exactly. Yeah, it opens up with this bass motif, uh, similar to My Friend of Misery in that sort of vein. It definitely feels to me, as someone that plays guitar, often you just sort of put odd shapes on the fretboard for want of doing that, and you could just carve out these interesting melodies that, that don't really make much sense. And maybe this is something Rob was jamming on or something, or something that he brought to the boys, and it's got a meditative solo feel to it and we also have the guitar on top providing some tasteful uh, accompaniment garnish it's a nice interplay what do you make of the first 30 seconds of the track um it's it's definitely a good uh uh contrast between uh rob and uh james that are just playing back and forth it it's kind it, it it kind of feels like it's a little bit of a jam at first but um it kind of feels like it's heading somewhere before uh, Lars just comes in with the drums. Um, it's it's it, and then it just starts to it, they start to find the structure as soon as the drums come in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does have this sort of cantering swagger to it. You know, it does have a lot of interesting um, time signatures that play out. It's got a very braggadocious, a bow, 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 bow. You know, it's playing with, with light and shade. Compositionally, there's some nous here. I will accuse this song, however, of being filler. I'm not the biggest fan of Man Unkind, to be honest with you. I think a lot of the, the riffs and the writing is... Slightly stock, slightly anonymous. I mean, in general, what are your thoughts? Are you a fan of Man Unkind? I was actually one of the people that didn't really enjoy Man Unkind at first because of the filler reason. Um, but as I listen to it more, it's actually one of my top five songs on the album. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't really see... I mean, yes, I can see where you're coming from as filler, but I, um, after just... Uh, I mean, I feel like um, when playing along with it, you can kind of make up your own things as, um, when just playing along with it. Um, it's more of uh, looking for that fifth member to try and do some improvising, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if, if, if someone was to say to me, what exactly is it that I don't like about this song? I'd point them to 2 minutes 52. So this is basically where we've had two verses, two choruses. The whole band pulls out as if to introduce this riff. And this riff literally feels to me that Hetfield's just plugged in his guitar and is warming up. He's just sort of going up this scale. There's no real flair. I mean, Hetfield's the riff master. Like, you know, I, I bow down to this guy. I think he's an absolute genius. I just don't think necessarily the band are challenging themselves in that way for me but um you know in terms of the time signatures in terms of playing with those rhythms it is quite a tricky song and you know Hetfield again is a genius and even the verses you know there's lots going on there's lots of sort of you know half turn and, and, and quick motions and I believe um we're gonna have a quick guest on the show your brother's gonna discuss his time signatures right yes exactly um I'm I can definitely get him in once I once uh, I mean we we've been talking about this um, and I think when 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 we talk about the the uh, I guess the second part of the song if you will um, mm. it will probably you'll, you'll have a better um, uh, understanding and maybe um, have more I, I don't know I, I it makes me appreciate the song even more after sure. just having that discussion yeah so the main parts I found really interesting with this is these two different sections of having the instrumental parts in four and the vocal parts coming in and just quickly changing into three um, and 
quite actually the opposite of that. Um, in the other section, having the instrumental part in a strict three, while the vocal part comes in this very slow four. Um, and usually I wouldn't focus too much on that. I think it can, I don't know, distract from the actual song. But I think in this case, it mm-hmm. actually gives quite a good insight into it. When we see in the view of the second main section of the song, for considering um, you have the short intro and beginning, and then we have you know that heavy um, kind of first section. The second section kind of gets us away from there, um, where we have this fairly strict three-four um, instrumental. The, you know the drums are really kind of getting us away from that very traditional four-four, you know, straight ahead. Um, rock sound but then we get this 4-4 sound finally and it's a little bit unsettling because it's so everything else feels quite natural but the drums are really back into a very like so almost halftime feel and that I've described as kind of like a slingshot as if like pulling this and you almost have to like restrict it like forcibly restrict the tempo back and finally it lets go into that three four section which ends up um at least from if you were to look at this from a classical perspective um actually quite similar to uh dances so you have first a mazurka dance we have these accents in the second and third beat resolving into actually quite a bit of a waltz which is kind of interesting a metal song to have a waltz section but this is during a kirk solo i believe yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, the time signature is fancy. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if you agree, Isaac. I was just saying to Sam, like, I think the riffs are kind of bland, though, in this song. I don't think they're very memorable Hetfield numbers. Yeah, I don't think on their own there's really too much. Um, I was trying to work out some of it, just try to play around with it, but there's really not too much going around. There's not too much going around with the actual harmonic structure, but just that rhythmic structure of mm. going between that 3-4 and 4-4 four, four and incorporating these classical styles of mazurka and waltz into this. I mean, these are mid-19th century popular styles, not quite what you'd hear a lot today. I think that's what really gives it this interesting feel. All right, well, Isaac, thank you for dropping by, man. Some uh, Some drive-by insight. I appreciate it. Thank you. So um, getting back into the song then, Sam, one of my common complaints about Hardwired is I think Kirk's soloing is pretty trash on the whole album, and I'm afraid it's pretty trash on this song. I mean, you know, again, he's just loving his wah bends. He's he's loving just following the rhythm of the chords and, and not telling his own story in any way. Kind of misunderstanding what a solo's for, in my opinion. I mean, there's a few moments early on, he's making a lot of interesting sounds on the whammy bar, but there's not really any notes. And then later on, um, you know, as we get onto the 8th and ninth bar, he's kind of hitting high on the fretboard and creating quite a caustic, dissonant sound. But um, what are your thoughts on the solo? Uh, I, 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 I kind of agree on that. It, it, the, the solo kind of... Um, it, it, I mean, I, th- I think this was all heavily improvised, and um, there wasn't really much thought going into 
doing this. Um, I, I mean, I feel like uh, Kirk was kind of all over the place on this one. Um, it was it, it was a little sloppy to say. It is sloppy, and it, you know you've got to, you watch all these videos. Like um, I don't know if you watched MTO, which was the the, the making of this song the, from the Hardwired sessions, which is obviously on their YouTube channel. Which again is a great watch. Uh, watch really insightful ten minutes. Um, you know, really incredible that the band gave us and open up in this way to us. You get to see James kicking out the new wrist. You get to see him and Lars putting real time in the studio with Greg. And then Kirk swans in with his fucking Yankees cap or whatever the fuck he's wearing. Does a two-minute solo, leaves. I mean, it's just so stock. It's kind of like you can't believe this is the guy who wrote The Unforgiven who did the Man Unkind solo. I watched it and, um, I I mean, it, I, I didn't even know that was Kirk at first. Yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was just some random guy coming in and saying, all right, let me just, uh, just jam a little bit and there you go, there's a solo. See yeah, it might it might as well have been, and you know, as I said before as well, I think to save time in the future, Jar, uh, late, uh, Lars and James need to just make an iPad app that has like twenty buttons that just does a random Kirk thing for two bars. Then they just need to get Lars's younger child to just mash his hand on there and just put that in the song, and it'll probably be better than what Kirk comes up with for the majority of Hardwired. I mean, yeah, it leaves a lot to be desired, maybe harsh me, but it does leave a lot to be desired. The whole song has a kind of empty reload swag to me. It's kind of a groover riff. And I do agree that time signature-wise, it is quite complex. But again, you know, you can have the most complex recipe in the world, but really it's the ingredients that make of the meal. And I don't think there's much here for me. Again, I don't think the song deserves to be seven minutes either. Like the majority of Hardwired songs, it's just way too long. Uh, it's a little in- entitled, perhaps. But let's talk about the the, the themes of the song lyrically. Um, James was interviewed in So What. He gave his own personal interpretation of the song, saying, quote, this song is biblical, the Garden of Eden. You know, wow, you've got it all, but you want more. You've got all this greatness, and then it's torn, the biblical story. But let's go back to the goodness of man. Man is sinful and has to crawl and try to make up. It's like we're always down below in the higher power's eyes, and we have to prove ourselves over and over daily that we're not evil. And having faith in this world where everyone's out for themselves, finding a negative in a bunch of stuff is, at the end of the day, to have faith in man instead of just blaming it on mankind there are some unkind people out there but having faith that we can get through that or they learn about it or somehow they become more part of the solution instead of the problem um how did you see the lyrics how do you see the message of man unkind um i mean i haven't i i haven't really gave it much thought um i um but i mean i I can see where you're coming from with that i'm just trying Mm -hmm. to find this um, I feel like it's a. It, I mean, as it says in the lyrics, it's a quest. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's like this ongoing trying to find where um, um, where do we all. I, I mean, where where do we all lie on this? Um, uh, on this, I guess, playing field of 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 like between good and evil. To to say, I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's such a common sort of idea of James, uh, you know, theme of James really battling demons, uh, becoming hostage to my mind, which I quite like as well. I mean, the pun is implicit in the chorus, faith in man, unkind, which again, really just has me groaning. I mean, we're recording this in a festive period and it really is a kind of Christmas cracker joke of a chorus line. Um, there's some nice stuff here as well. James inhabiting more demonic imagery, you know, new way, British heavy like sea by the day, frozen captive by the night, and the way he sings Seized by the Day has a nice rise to it as well, but I don't know, you know, like I said, Hardwide's been out two years, I listened to this album a hell of a lot, obviously, like everyone else, and this just isn't one of those songs that's really stuck with me, it is one of the ones I'm more likely to skip, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, it was, it was, it was for me one of the ones that I, I'd skip to. Um, but I mean, it's, it, I don't know. I there, there's just something about um, just the constant changes in the signatures mm. that 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 just um, I don't know. It it helps it helps me get through the whole seven minutes because it, <laughs> it's it's just it's just constantly changing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite amorphous, definitely. And it does have a kind of nebulous feel. And there is a lot of skill and, you know, time that the guys have put in. And they say in that um, making of video as well, you, you know, Greg says, we've still got a hell of a lot of work to go. And they all understand that. They all know that all of these songs, you know, need a lot of work for them. There's a cool moment of James in the vocal booth with the um, Brazil Cliff Burton flag perennially behind him. And he's got like, this slicer effect as he's playing the main riff. And it has quite a unique uh, percussive vibe there this song has been played twice live just two times um first time was september 10th 2017 in paris and the second time was the uh, the um concert before i saw them in birmingham the october 28th concert of the same year in manchester the manchester footage is online and i watched it beforehand and you do get to appreciate different sections of the song when you see it played out um have you, have you watched any live performances of this sam Yes, I actually I, I watched the Manchester performance. Um, the one thing I do, um, I, it 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 got me was uh, um, it's just James at the end of the song just goes, the song's like math, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, math unkind, and I can definitely yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, as always, we open it up to the at Metallica pod on the Twitter. Um, you know, every song I ask people's feedback. So if you want to follow, if you want to get that feedback read out, um, get in touch with me there few suggestions one from luke saying it's kind of just hardwired filler to me to be honest but the intro is decent not one i skip but not one i've listened to outside the album as a whole john hon saying try playing along with it and getting the syncopation right i love it michael saying a cool callback to the bluesy stylings of load and reload not one of hardwired's better songs but an enjoyable listen nonetheless San Wallow echoing a lot of the thoughts saying filler, but interesting filler. Cool intro though. Alex Finney, great finisher. Alex saying, I had watched a documentary until the light. I, I had watched a documentary until the light takes us a few days before seeing the video. So my first lesson was coloured by that serendipity. I hope to catch his song during the tour, as I don't think it will be a future live staple. This is among my favourites from Hardwired Self Drug. Favourites, Alex. I mean, you know, you know, I hugely respect your opinion, Alex, but favourites. Wow. Okay. Um, and then uh, Rye from Sabbath Podcast, of course 
course, as we always say, I heard um, Clint mention this as well. Go check out Sound Bloody Podcast, an incredible podcast about Black Sabbath and the associated bands and artists. Uh, he says, I love the intro part, but the track is pretty filler once it gets going. I would have liked them to use it to open the album, a la Fight Fire or Battery, as I've never been a fan of the fade-in on Hardwired. So that would remedy that in a badass way, no? And finally, Metallicast saying, definitely check out Metallicast as well, another great Metallica podcast saying, sleeper song on the album in my opinion. First listen, I heard it as a filler song. Repeated listens have turned it into one of my faves of the album. Major Sabbath feel in sections. Any um, closing thoughts for yourself on this song, Sam? I mean, this is... Uh, I mean, I, I I can see where some of the people are saying it's just filler and everything, but the, um, I, uh, the person that said... Uh, um that is one of their favorite tracks on i mean i'm i'm with them on that one it's like it, mm-hmm. like i said it's a, it's one of my top five from this album um it's right. it, it's just very unique of a song it's uh not only that it, it's just the second part feels like it's a another song within another song mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, it feels like it's you're getting two songs in one but i, I can see why people would think that's probably just filler yeah yeah it certainly goes places it's just I, I, I don't know, it, it brings back a lot of bad memories for me of Load and Reload, where the riffs don't have much, have any character, really, and they just feel kind of on a, on a production line. But, you know, hey, this is music, and what I hear is filler, someone will hear is Bohemian Rhapsody, and vice versa as well. And, you know, that's okay, that's what we're here for. So let me know what you think of Man Unkind down below in the comments. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod, at gmail.com iTunes is there, um, Patreon is there, everything we mentioned at the start of the show as well. Coming up, we've got some really cool songs. Next week, we're tackling Master of Puppets, which I'm going to be slightly more effusive about than Man Unkind. We've then got Memory Remains, Merciful Fate, and Metal Militia. So we've got a really fun week going into February of this now not even new year, according to this just before 2019. Um, Sam, what about yourself? Is there any projects you'd like to share, Twitter, that sort of stuff? Um, I'm still working on starting up my uh, uh uh, Green Day podcast that back in May. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Um, I I haven't made much progress as of yet. Um, but I hope to make some progress within the next uh within the next coming months. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, what would be the would it be album by album, song by song? How, what would you do? Um, it would be the same structure as this. Um, A to Z songs. Okay. And how 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 many albums did Green Day have? Around the same Metallica, right? About ten or twelve. So. Not the, 12 is it okay yeah so yes because they've got a kind of lot of, and i guess they uh, think about green dead it might be a little bit better for this in the long run they've got a lot of short songs haven't they so yes, they do. I, I guess a lot of the earlier what god they, i'm just on their spotify now yeah they do have a fucking lot of albums actually okay that would be cool though green day yeah. podcast i mean they're obviously one of the biggest bands in the world like you know they've got a huge fan base that you could tap into and um yeah okay cool um so yeah look out for that green day podcast whenever that drops um check out i also do another podcast called battle rap resume if you're into battle rap go check that out i also do another podcast occasionally called watching the watchman where me and the next battle rapper are going through alan moore's graphic novel watchman we've actually done all the issues and we're doing sort of other collective graphic novels and stuff like that but um sam this has been a treat as always thank you sir thank thank you very much for having me again tom (laughs) 